It's podcast 46 from Football Adania, your home of Dutch football. You're listening to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes or Football Nation Radio. I'm Michael Statham and I'm joined by Michael Bell and James Rowe to preview the huge Champions League game between Ajax and Real Madrid, as well as answer all of your Twitter questions sent in to us. Enjoy. James, Mike, Ajax against Real Madrid on Wednesday. Um, No one should miss this game. It's going to be massive for Dutch football fans. Um, Ajax coming into this tie on the back of a 1-0 defeat to Heracles. Um, Is that going to impact them for this game? The fact that it's a huge blow in their title race. For me, I would say yes. I think if um, Real Madrid scouts were watching that game um, on Saturday, they would be rubbing their hands with the form that they're in. Um, Ajax were a shambles all over the pitch, defensively especially. Um, you know, Heracles, the only one won 1-0, but they could have got two or three goals in that game. Uh, I thought, you know, the players just weren't um, coherent. They weren't playing as a team. They were just a shadow of themselves before the winter break. And, um, you know, it's a good contrast because I think if we had did this podcast, say at the end of December, before the winter break, we'd be going, oh, Ajax are flying. Um, it's Real Madrid that are the shambles. But now it's it's totally turned around. It's Real Madrid that are the team that's flying. They just beat the rivals on, on Saturday Atletico and uh, Ajax are the shambles. So um, it's got to be um, interesting to see how they pick themselves up for this one because uh, it's a crucial one. They need to get out of Amsterdam um, with with a victory if they're going to have any chance of getting through. I um, I think that they've been looking forward to this game for such a long time that um, I think they'll give their all and uh, I expect a reaction at the home match against Real Madrid in Amsterdam. I think um, when you look at the, the league form as well, I think Matthijs de Ligt, when he uh, come out as captain and has given post-match interviews about how they don't appear to be the same since the winter break in terms of defending, in terms of mentality, in terms of um, knowing each other's roles. And he said a good point in his post-match last night after the match against Heerdekles when he said that when you're not getting results, it can mentally play a role. But he also decided to elaborate on that by saying if we play at home to Real Madrid the same way we played tonight, we can expect to lose around about 7-0. Um, my personal prediction for the home match in Amsterdam is that it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go for my prediction of 2-2. But I fully agree with Mike. You know, if Ajax harbour ambitions to get through to the quarterfinals, they've got to um, they've got to win. I, uh, Real Madrid are so much improved under a, a tricky start under Solari, where they're putting three or four goals past teams like Girona and Espanyol, and obviously winning at home to Sevilla. And um, and they played well against. Um, Barcelona midweek in the Copa del Rey. Vinicius is uh, is providing a completely different outlet to them in terms of uh, attacking threat and pace. So it's going to be a difficult game, but it was always going to be a difficult difficult game. For, for me, when the draw was made, I think a lot of the Dutch press and Ajax fans got far too carried away by saying, oh, you know, we've got fantastic chance. Yes, it, they did a tremendous job getting through a difficult Champions League group, but you're playing against the, the three times consecutive winner. And this is basically Real Madrid's cup regardless of the form Real Madrid are in, uh, they're never going to give it up lightly. And I think that Ajax will, will uh, I think they'll react to the defeat from, from yesterday. I think they'll put in a good performance, but I, I think that the match will end up a 2-2 draw. Without doubt, having seen how Ajax play in the Champions League, they're going to step up 
on the evening. Um, that's without doubt. But still, um, they're losing to a mid-table team in the Eredivisie. That can happen. But it, we've seen it now, haven't we, since the winter break, that it hasn't quite been the same. Um, and when you see that 1-0 defeat, um, the likes of Hakim Ziyech, normally he's involved in all of Ajax's best moves. Yesterday, quite anonymous in terms of Ajax's best attacking moves. I don't think he created any, any meaningful opportunities. Andre Anana making mistakes. Um, even Frank De Jong wasn't at his best, but I think that's perhaps slightly understandable. He was carrying an injury he had to come off towards the end. Um, but James, you mentioned about Matt Eisterlich's interview after the game. Um, how important is it to have a character like him, even at 19 years of age, giving an interview like this? Um, here's some quotes. You know, we've said quietly in the dressing room, where are we with our head? What is it about Ajax before the winter break? It's not there now. And how are we going to find it again? Um, it's very difficult to say where it is. And he goes on to say about how they were very sloppy with the ball, giving the ball away far too easily. He then says this. That summarises the game today and that is the problem of this group. On paper, we should beat Heracles, but then you have to show that you're Ajax. We let ourselves be slaughtered like silly sheep and that is not allowed. It is unbelievable. Very strong words, but how important is it to have a person like him in the Ajax team? It's vitally important, but it's also a, a, it shows that he's got a fantastic quality to, to show so much honesty. I mean, I, I watch his interviews regularly and even in his vocabulary and the words he's using and how he puts everything com cl completely clear and concise in his own language is nothing short of incredible for a kid of 19. And um, I think those kind of qualities show how much of a winner he is. I mean, I've watched him play live on many occasions and the last time I watched Ajax before the, the winter break at home was when they beat De Graafschap 8-0. And I remember they were 4-0 up and there's a, a, what was a not very often a regular attack from De Graafschap, but he was fighting tooth and nail to defend his space and to, to, to head the ball away. And he's just so he's just so assured to be so young. You know, it's one of these once in a once in a lifetime, once in a generation players that come along. And because of the way he is intelligence-wise, I'm convinced that when he does leave Ajax, he's gonna he's gonna surprise everybody with his choice of where he's gonna go, because I know people are linking him with basically every European club, and rightly so due to the qualities he's got. But I'm convinced that he's going to assess his options properly and he's going to make the right decision for him. And it um, be very interesting to see what team he eventually chooses to kick on in the next part of his career. Just um, something to, to point out about this, though. Um, it's basically the same quote as what he said after the Feyenoord game. And for me, it's a bit of a worry for Ajax that, you know, they got hammered 6-2 by Feyenoord and he comes out and says stuff like this. And then he was to Heracles two weeks later and he's still saying the same thing. Isn't it down to Eric Ten Hag to have figured this out by now? They seem to be wondering why they're playing like this um, for the past four weeks and still can't figure out why. Um, I've seen in the Dutch press that Ten Hag's come under a bit of pressure after the result yesterday. Um, but surely it's time to start looking at him. He doesn't have a plan B. Um, his substitutions were a bit strange yesterday. Um, surely after the, the loss to Feyenoord he should be shoring up that defence but he just look um, a shadow of themselves so how much of this is actually down to Ten Hag at the moment? I, th I think it's a great point and you're right, you're right Mike about coming under pressure from the Dutch press that pressure started really 
that pressure started really in the manner upon which they uh, were defeated by Feyenoord and uh, that pressure will now only increase due to a, uh, an away game against Heracles but Heracles on AstroTurf is well known for being um, for being a, not a difficult away day but an away day, that, away day that players don't really fancy you know like going to play on AstroTurf you know all the way to Almelo and I think Heracles also disposed of Ajax I think it was the season before last at home so it's, it's not it's not well known they have a, a tremendous record there but I don't know if players have one eye on the Champions League home match but going back to Ziyech there was uh, strong links that Dortmund came in for him in January and uh, it hasn't been completely um, divulged as to what happened in terms of bids that were submitted or rejected but I can imagine if for CH if Dortmund comes in for you and it doesn't quite come off like with Dolberg going to Monaco where the club are saying we can't let you go because we can't find a replacement you, you wonder what that can do to him mentally you know I think he'll uh, I think he'll react, react well on uh, in the match against Real Madrid because he'll know it's an opportunity to put himself uh, forward in the shop window to get that transfer to a to a, a bigger European club and a better league, uh, hopefully in the summer. It's interesting how you've been mentioning um, the potential transfers of Ajax players because some of the reactions on Twitter picked up on this and perhaps uh, trying to explain why Ajax struggled so much um, against Heracles. For example, Cam. He says, are the current Ajax players too concerned with their next transfer move? PSV and Feyenoord, during their recent league title, didn't seem to have much drama and transfer talk every transfer window. It's the only conclusion that I can come up with since they've had so much talent. And also, Gareth says this, are the recent struggles at Ajax down to players being distracted and thinking about their futures and putting in selfish and poor performances? I think that's a valid point. But I think this, if should Ajax not win the league this season, it's five years since the last league title. And you think of all the common denominators about that and, and what's led to that. I think the players have really got to regroup because, you know, it would be, be sad for Frenkie de Jong, for example, to leave for Barcelona, not having won anything in his homeland. You know, you don't know how he's going to, how his career is going to kick on. Uh, at Barcelona, I'm sure he'll win trophies. But as a as a Dutch player, you know, born and raised in this country, to to leave the professional game in this country, not winning, yeah, that can leave a little bit of a a strange question mark. So I think the players have got to really regroup and and try to win something, even if that is the the Dutch Cup, the play final in the in the semi finals. And um, but yeah, it all depends on Utrecht's um, PSV this afternoon. Should uh, should PSV win, it'll be an eight-point gap. And, um, yeah, with uh, only 12 games to go from here on, it's looking likely, looking unlikely that Ajax would, would turn the tide. But I still think, you know, that there's still a few twists and turns ahead, I believe. I think, um, for me, I saw it described yesterday as Ajax aren't a team. They're um, 11 individuals on a pitch who all look after themselves. And I think that performance yesterday highlights that. Um, there's a moment midway through the second half, where Ziyech played Huntelaar through on goal. And Huntelaar you know, hit it against the goalkeeper and, and behind him, Ziyech was throwing his arms up in the air and you know having a go at Huntelaar for missing. And I think that's just Ajax at the moment. They're not a team. They don't play for each other. They play in for themselves. And I think that comes down to the leadership around the club. If you get the best Ajax sides, they all had a leader. Um, you know, Van Hal wouldn't allow these players to get control. Um, Minas Mikos would have been in charge of the Ajax squad of the 70s. 
is Eric Ten Hag that stronger personality where he's taking these players and um, bossing them around? I don't really think so. I think maybe the, the dressing room maybe has a bit more of an influence um, on this side. And I think that's one of the reasons why Axe are dropping in form at the moment. It's an interesting point. Um, and, and, and I guess you're right about how it doesn't matter about how the players think about the future because the manager is the person that's going to take control of that. Um, and Ten Hag did come in from come in for some criticism when he first joined Ajax about that sort of thing, didn't he? And it was um, a lack of control over the players, um, a lack of ideas with the squad, um, players giving him rude remarks almost, and him not fully dealing with it. Um, but then after that, it all went very quiet once he was getting some fantastic results in the league and in Europe. But now it's come back, spiral back down to this situation where he simply doesn't have control. Is it as simple as that with Ajax? I think he's feeling the pressure as well. You know, if you think of the experience he's got as a manager, you know, with the likes of Go Ahead Eagles and, and Utrecht and the, and the reserve team of Bayern Munich when Pep Guardiola was there, I think he is he himself is feeling the pressure. You know, it's the biggest club in the country. It's a it's a huge it's a huge club to manage. You know, there's always different um, there's different interests from all over the club. You know, it can be difficult at times. I think he gave himself a massive shot in the arm to get through the Champions League um, qualifying rounds and the Champions League group. But, you know, it can take its toll, you know, especially when you lose to Feyenoord in such a, in such a manner. You know, I mean, to lose that game, you're in, you're in for criticism regardless, but to lose that game 6-2 and now to go away to Heerdeklaes and also lose, the, the pressure's mounting. And uh, yeah, he's got to find a, a he's got to find a balance now of, of of regrouping those players to have that final push for the season because I'm I'm convinced that should he not win anything with this group of players and should he not show what's needed I think uh, Ajax may well well may, may well well sorry Ajax may well look elsewhere in the future. So that's more about Ajax then. Let's concentrate slightly on Real Madrid. Um, They're on a run of form of played seven, won six, drawn one, and that draw was against Barcelona in um, the Spanish Cup. Now, this is a completely different team uh, to the one we were talking about in December when we spoke briefly about Real Madrid um, coming coming into this tie perhaps with some poor form, but they've turned it around, haven't they? They have turned it around, but... they're always going to get themselves up for this their competition, their cup. You know, to win it three times in a row was uh, is it's the stuff of miracles, really. And they're not going to give it up lightly. And they're in such good form under a tricky start with Solari that they will give uh, they will give Ajax a tough game. But um, yeah, Ajax have got to stand toe to toe to them and try to fight and uh, try to get something out of the game. Primarily a victory if they do harbour ambitions to get through. But you know, Real Madrid at home is always going to be a big ask, but you know, this is what the club wanted, you know, going through to the qualifying rounds when this all started against Sturm Graz and Standard Liège and Dynamo Kiev. They wanted to entertain the biggest clubs in the world at home. They wanted to, to, to give the likes of Bayern Munich and Benfica a, a good game and, and they did that and they caused a surprise. So, um, yeah, this is what they wanted. So they, they mustn't forget that, but... You know, you're never going to find a Real Madrid side that are lacking in heart or energy in that respect. And um, I think in Amsterdam, that will be no different. OK, and one of the most recent results within those seven games that they played was uh, a 3-1 victory away at Atletico Madrid. So, that, you know, they're really coming back into some rich, a rich vein of form. Um, who do we think some of the key battles will be 
in this tie between some of the Real Madrid players and the Ajax players? I think uh, for me, you look at the Real Madrid squad um, and there's talent over the pitch. I mean, Vinicius Jr. has been a great addition, but you got to look at Benzema. Um, he's in great form at the moment. He scored four goals in his last five games. And uh, you look at with the way Daley Blind um, defended against Heracles, and you've got to be aware that Benzema might run right, especially with Gareth Bale on form next time as well. I think the front three of Real Madrid are going to have a lot of joy against Ajax if they don't shore up that defence. Um, at the other end of the pitch, it seems to me that Ten Hag's been rotating the striker at the moment. Um, Kasper Dolberg and Klaasian Huntelaar haven't been, either of them haven't been in great form um, recently and it's going to be up to the likes of Ziyech and Tadic to really fire this um, Ajax side to a victory. I think Ten Hag might even go back to his trusted uh, Champions League formation of playing Tadic for the middle because of the form of Huntelaar and Dolberg at the moment. I think uh, Tadic and Ziyech are going to be the key men for, for Ajax. Yeah, I think Michael makes a great point about Ten Hag going back to his Champions League formation because I think that along with the um, determination as a group of players got them through the group phase and when you look at the this, the quality of that Real Madrid side you know you've got uh, such a winner in Sergio Ramos Tony Gross, Modric uh, Benzema as Mike says is in great form but I think Vinicius as well you know he's, he provided such a different outlet for Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey I think that he's going to he's going to push on and he'll give some Ajax something different to think about but it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough game. But they've got to, they've got to the crowd's got to really get behind them, you know, and and they'll definitely do that. But Real Madrid at home is never easy. But um, I think the fans and also certain members of the club were, were guilty when the draw was made initially of getting far too carried away. And uh, yeah, they've got to regroup and and really fight hard against Real Madrid in Amsterdam. And that that's why I think they will. I think there will be a reaction. But um, my prediction once again is a draw. Yeah, I think if we're just going to give our predictions now, James, you think it's going to be a draw? You said 2-2 early. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, 2-2. For me, I think it's going to be a Real Madrid win. Um, I think there will be a reaction from Ajax. But as I said before, this is um, possibly 11 egos on the pitch and I think they'll raise their game against the bigger siders in Real Madrid to, to show themselves. But I think uh, Real Madrid are going to have a bit too much in their attack and I think they're going to win 2-1. And that's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong and I hope Ajax can do something great for Dutch football. But I just think if you look at the two sides at the moment, there's only one clear side in form. And uh, that Ajax defence, to me, is uh, a bit of a worry. And then you've got Frankie de Jong's injury as well. Is he going to be fully fit with his groin injury? He looked really bad against Heracles. Came off, he had ice pack on his groin. He's got three days to recover. He's going to be uh, chomping at a bit to get this uh, Real Madrid midfield ahead of next season but you know I, I f you need a fully fit De Jong in there and I don't think he is going to be fully fit so I think everyone's uh, pointing towards a Real Madrid victory in this one sadly. Yeah I think if you've watched Ajax in the league since the winter break this is not the same team that was playing before the winter break and I would have been a lot pos more positive before and perhaps suggested a win was possible but now I'm thinking maybe a 3-1 win to Real Madrid. The defence isn't what it was it's not solid, there's mistakes riddled in there. I think that will affect the confidence. I do think that Ajax will get themselves up for the evening for the occasion um, and they'll really put in um, a, a much better performance, but I don't think it's going to be enough, unfortunately. Therefore, 3-1 defeat. Um, let's move on to some more of our 
questions that we've got that are related to the Eredivisie this week. Um, I'm going to skip over one of them from Alex Jans. He would like to know more if Ajax is going to have a big rebuild of players in the summer. And I guess we'd all say we imagine so um, with with certain key players leaving. De Ligt, Frank de Jong, of course. Um, and I, there, there is there is certainly, um, he said about CF being a passenger. And I think he's right. Uh, but whether some of these new players are going to come in and replace them, how long will that take to settle, we're not sure on. But one question that's related to that is uh, Calvin Stengs. Vic would like to talk about him um, as he's been linked with a summer move to Ajax. Or is it possible that he might move to a, another league, the Bundesliga or Serie A? I think um, something interesting came out in the Dutch press this week that Max Hubert, the AZ director, was involved in a radio show and he was speaking to a couple of Dutch journalists and um, he got asked about the possibility of Calvin Stengs leaving say for Ajax in the summer and he was basically said that the club don't want to do business with um, either Ajax or PSV anymore because one they want to close the gap so if they keep selling their best players to Ajax and PSV there's no point um, and the other one is that there's a gentleman's agreement between all the big clubs at the moment that say if AZ have a, a youth player coming through that's 15 Ajax won't try and poach him and I think they've gone against that recently and uh, AZ basically aren't very happy. So I think um, at the moment you'd say that AZ really don't want to sell them to, to Ajax so that deal doesn't look very likely. I guess money talks and if Ajax put in a bid of 20-30 million, you know, AZ probably aren't going to say no. But um, no, for AZ fans, it seems positive that Stengs came out at the weekend and said that he wants to stay next season as well. Uh, we'll see in the summer he's got Rayo as his agent now, so uh, if a big club comes in for him and if he keeps the form up, um, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, I predict that he'll get a Netherlands uh, call-up next month. I think he'll be playing this sort of form until um, the end of March, and you've got like Clivert, Dorison, uh, Dan Juma all not playing at the moment, so I think uh, that opens up a gap for him, and I think he'll take it. And uh, I think we'll see soon that the bigger clubs around Europe start to take a notice in him, and I think a, a Bundesliga move would be perfect for him. I think he's done really well to come back from his terrible injury. You know, when uh, you know to come back from such a terrible injury at such a young age, he's done really, really well. Um, I wonder if a move uh, to Europe, uh, to another country, would come too soon. I think for him personally as a player, for his development, I know there is a gentleman agreement in place, but he's got to look at what's best for him. I think it would be best for him to go to Ajax first and then put, you know, play, playing a regular European football as well would help him uh, become even better in his, in his development before looking for a move abroad. I wonder, you know, to come back for, for such a terrible injury and then not so long afterwards after playing out of your skin to go to the likes of the Bundesliga or Serie A if that, if that may come a little bit too soon for him. So I think um, I think I said as well with the assistant of Van der Brom, Arne Slot, uh, taking over and next season, I wonder if, if, um, if Stengs is going to kick on under such a manager. And uh, so I think the best thing for him to do would be if Ajax do come in for him to try and get that move in order to push on in his development. Uh, I'm just delighted to see Stengs back on the pitch, Razed, and uh, because when he first came back from his long-term injury, he just didn't look the same player. I guess we can't expect him to be 100% the way he was straight away, but 
Um, it did take him a few a few months to really kick, get kick back into gear, and now he looks like a quality quality player again. Um, and and that's my personal opinion. I just think that he's better off staying at RZ for another year or two, and then going to another league so he can progress with the club rather than weaken the club further and further de further divide um, this gap that's developing between the top three and the rest of the clubs. Because someone like Stengs can make a difference. And when when I had plenty of games to get them closer to that top three, it'd be nice for him to experience European football in a com in a competitive area busy team before he then moves on to another league. Uh, the next question that I'd like to go through talks more about Feyenoord. Um, Jordan would like to know why there was so much negativity around Dick Avakat's potentially becoming final manager. There was a particularly um, spicy press conference, wasn't there, when Dick Avakat, manager of Utrecht, was talking about potentially becoming final manager yeah I, I thought he was really honest in the press conference and the, and the two things that stuck with me were as follows uh advocate described ix um final sorry ix i advocate describes final as a great club but a difficult club where the club and the squad in particular are they're, they're due for renewal the team is due for a new one that's going to cost a lot of time and it's going to cost a lot of energy and he's at the age of 71 now and whether he's got the energy to really want to do that and he, he's been around the block so many times he's so vastly experienced but he knows that if is he the man to be able to do such a thing at that age and i think he was politely saying no i'm not and I think I think that needs to be applauded, you know, because he's often been criticised, Advocate, for taking the money everywhere he goes. And, uh, you know, by the same token, he could have said yes to final, then that would have been that, or that appears to be the case. But I think um, I think for Advocate to say no, this is a this is this new the new manager of final must be a younger manager who's got to rejuvenate the squad and look forward to a, a move to a new stadium as well and, and get the whole get the whole fans behind them and be ready to go into a new era together and i think that advocate i think he worded that really well and um yeah i think um i think he's, he's not the man for to become the new manager of final he, he knows that himself but i thought his honesty is something that needed to be applauded for me, um, if I was a Feyenoord fan, I would be a bit worried about the summer. I think uh, as a club, they're not a great proposition at the moment for a, a coach coming in. Uh, their best player is going to retire in the summer in Van Persie. Then you're looking at probably three or four of their best players leaving. Uh, St. Juste, Vilhena, Jorgensen, uh, Berkus, they're all going to look to, to get moves away. And then with the new stadium coming, are, is that money going to be made available for transfers? Probably not. So somebody that comes in is going to have to look at the youth for the, that's coming through the club at the moment. There's a lot of young talents coming through there. They're going to have to be the, the backbone of the squad next year. Um, so coming into that squad without key players and basically just being a stopgap until Dirk Kuyt gets his uh, diploma, which just seems what Advocate was. They basically just went, OK, we'll wait uh, for a year until he gets his right coaching badges. Advocate, you'll come in for a year, see over the squad. I'm sure you'll do fine and then we'll kick on after a season when we'll have a bit more money. So uh, for me, I think next year is going to be a difficult one in Rotterdam because I don't think things are in place for a, a major squad overhaul in the summer. Uh, yeah, I think Dick Avocat is, is, is a stopgap manager for Utrecht and he would be the same thing for Feyenoord. It's not an ambitious appointment. It's a solid appointment, but 
I'm not sure that's what Feyenoord need now that Van Bronckhorst is leaving because he has been that solid manager that's overseen a good period in the club's history but now it's over it needs something new and fresh rather than someone like Dick Avocat to come in. The final question we have this week comes from William and he would like to know um, where Iron Robin is going to be uh, this summer. Does um, Groningen have a chance of signing their former player over PSV? <laughs> I guess we're going to play devil's advocate in this one, but I'm going to say they possibly have a chance. I mean, they have... He he is a fan of Groningen. He's, he's at the games regularly. Um, you know, they can pull on his heartstrings saying that, you know, if depending on how he feels at the end of the season, he's had some injuries this year. So he might see next year as his, his final year and what better way to end his career than, you know, playing at his boyhood club, the one that he loves for just one more year. Um you know, that's the angle that they're going to pitch to him, that he's a hero for them and he's got to stay there for a year. Obviously, there's PSV coming in from as well. Um, they would offer him, you know, European football, a chance to win a title again. And according to reports in Germany, there's clubs from, you know, England, Italy, Spain, all looking at him, and ones from Japan. I don't think he'll take the one from Japan. I don't think he's the sort of player that wants to go somewhere just for one last paycheck. But I think it is generally down to PSV and Groningen and it's uh, who can give them the best offer from. Um, but I think Groningen have a small chance. It's a small chance, but they have a small chance, definitely. I think that uh, I think it will be PSV. I think what will uh, I think what will see the deal over the line is that I think PSV will make it clear to him that after that season playing that they'll make the the pathway clear for him for him to join maybe with a backroom staff or to train up the youth players and I think he'll be really really um, attracted to that you know this is a player who's uh, he's one of the best Dutch players of his generation who's had an absolutely tremendous career you know he's the most decorated uh, Dutch player in terms of titles and medals and the amount that he's won and to be such a role model for so many young players as well and and that it's just um it's just had a tremendous career but I think I think with the deal that PSV are putting in place for him to basically it will be his choice after that playing season of do you want to join the backroom staff do you want to help train up the young the young uh, the young midfielders maybe uh, do you help helping with the young players I think he'll be really attracted to that so I think the whole package that PSV will offer I think he'll and uh, although his old club might might does make a good point yeah they, they might have a small chance but I think I think the package that PSV will put together and the way they'll put it together will uh, will be too good for him to turn down, I think. Yeah, fingers crossed we get to see him play back in the Netherlands anyway because what a legend of Dutch football. And um, yeah, let's hope he gets to play again, perhaps in Europe, European football with PSV. James, Mike, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. You're more than welcome anytime. Thank you. And we will make another podcast very soon with a full comprehensive overview of the Eredivisie, uh, Ajax against Real Madrid's result, and with a look ahead to the Netherlands games coming up in March. Thank you for listening.